go on our website, you will see that we've, um, we've asked for a few praise reports to be sent in from the 10 days we've recently had of breakthrough prayer. And I'd just like to mention, um, not the people concerned, but we've just had three areas that have been really clear and somebody has had a major breakthrough in finances, like a supernatural breakthrough in finances. It's wonderful. Uh, a young person has experienced freedom from something that was really, really tough for them. And actually, it happened months ago, but they just gave this praise report. And it was on a Sunday morning when they stayed in the meeting. So isn't that wonderful? God setting our kids free uh, by his truth. Wonderful. What was the other one? I can't remember. Ah, one of our teachers has just received unusual word from the Lord and favor to have to run a Christian after school club. That's an amazing breakthrough because they are, are really seeing uh, God open a door there of favor for the kingdom. So these are amazing breakthroughs uh, in, in and through the life of the church. And, and we rejoice, and I'm sure there'll be many more to come. Because sometimes when you have a season like that, 10 days of breakthrough prayer, sometimes the answer comes a bit further down the road. So keep believing that he heard your prayer and that he will answer you. It's just a matter of time. But don't lose your faith. Don't lose trusting in Jesus for that breakthrough. We're going to look at John's gospel this morning. John chapter 8. Wonderful word. It's probably one of the most famous um, scriptures. Many people that don't know Jesus can quote, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But they mean something completely different. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. My question is, nobody would want to live in bondage, would they? So my question always is, so Jesus is telling me how to live in this freedom, and I need to trace back the source of freedom, which is continuing in his word. If you continue in my word, you will know and powerfully experience the truth. And that truth will bring supernatural freedom into your life. And I think sometimes as disciples, by the way, that is the proof of discipleship. It it proves you're a follower because you're walking in the teaching of Jesus. Isn't it interesting? Jesus doesn't say it's just what you say. It's how you walk. It's what you do. You apply Jesus' teaching. And it's not just at the beginning of your life. But it goes all the way through. If you continue to apply my word, then you will know the truth and you will remain in that freedom. And something 
that we all deal with. It doesn't matter what family background you have, what color your skin is, what age you are, whether you're young or you're old. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't matter whether it's at school or work or in church. We all have to face the subject of forgiveness. And Jesus says, you're my disciples if you continue in the truth of his teaching about forgiveness. You will know the truth and this truth will enable you to live in the power of the freedom of God. Forgiveness is a tough learning lesson. And I speak from experience. And I'm sure many of you can speak from experience too. There are some surface issues that crop up. Like I remember asking for a plumber to come round. And they didn't show. Now that isn't deep hurt. But it can cause offence. When somebody said they would do something and they didn't do it. It actually causes offence to that other person. But on the other hand, and on the scale of offence and hurt, it can go very deep and be very painful. Whether you've been abused by someone or so badly spoken about, uh, betrayed, whether you faced injustice, And I'm confident there will be people in the room here, whether it's at school or work or where you live or just walking around, you're going to face often people close to you, but it can be people you work with that actually cause you pain and really do hurt you very deeply. And... If you think about that person who hurt you, it can cause different responses in different people. For some, it is like a build-up of anger until there's an explosion, like a volcanic eruption. Anger can build and then explode out with awful words. Or, equally, the same issue can be dealt with by internalizing your unforgiveness. And that internalizing makes you moody. It makes you as cold as the coldest freezer on earth. And it makes you not talk. You freeze them out. So there are a wide range of responses from anger to moods and to um, really just being uh, just grumpy. All I can say is somebody is grumpy. All the t- Some people can be grumpy all the time. And all of these are signs of having a problem with someone. You hear it a lot these days, don't you? I have a problem with. I have a problem with someone. 
at work. I have a problem with something in the church. I have a problem with someone in my connect group. I have a problem uh, with a spouse or a friend or something that has happened to you. And we've all experienced it. But I want to say today there is someone who has experienced pain and has experienced what people can do and knows about it. And his name is Jesus. In fact, he suffered at the hands of people in such a way that none of us could ever imagine. And we read of it in Luke's gospel when Jesus was being crucified. And these are the most astounding words. Don't ever get used to them. Don't ever get used to reading the word and seeing the real Jesus who died for our sins. And Jesus, whilst in pain, forgave. We want to wait till we feel better, don't we? Am I right? I'm going to wait until I feel better before I forgive. Jesus, whilst suffering, said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Next verse, please. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them jeered, sneered, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself. He is the Christ, the chosen of God. And I realized when I read this, he was facing three different scenarios. And people can actually do this to us. There was one group that was profiting from his pain. They were getting money from his clothes whilst he's suffering on the cross. There was another group which actually has affected us all. They knew we were in pain and just watched and never did anything about it. Anybody? They just looked on and didn't even do anything. And the other group are just laughing at your demise and your downfall. Actually enjoy you suffering. And at some point in our Christian lives, in our walk with Jesus, we will face all three. Because Jesus actually said, offenses will come. The reason to be offended will be available probably most days, if I'm honest. It's not a rare thing. Has anybody ever, in your world, if it's rare, may you give thanks to the Lord all the time. But in my world, it's not rare. It's something that is required regularly. Now, the Bible begins in Genesis with um, human to human, people to people, forgiveness. And the first time it's mentioned is with Joseph. When Joseph is approached by his brothers who had hated him, sold him out and tried to destroy his life. And they came to Joseph saying, please forgive us. We've done you wrong. So they came to ask forgiveness 
And the miracle was Joseph being Joseph, like Jesus, he forgave them their sin. So in our human relationships, we have a giving and a need to give back to people. People need to ask for forgiveness and we need to not say no. There's a giving and receiving of forgiveness. And then towards the end of the Bible, it finishes, well, not totally finished, but 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that means us and God, that there is a constant need in our relationship with God to say sorry. You know, one of the things that I have thanked the Lord for since becoming a Christian is that my parents, before I became a Christian, taught me to say sorry. Hello? If you've you've grown up in a family where you've been taught to say sorry if you've wronged someone, you are being taught well. And you're being prepared for a walk with God that will be victorious and free. Because training happens even before they become Christians. And that's what my parents were doing. They were training me to say sorry. And did you know of the top 20 hardest things to do in the world, a survey was done, the first is to say sorry. Gentlemen and ladies together. I'm not going to home in on one gender, but apparently one gender finds it more difficult. You can guess which one. Because it humbles you. It humbles you to say sorry. I'll tell you a story at the end, so try and stay awake. Because it's about me. And I found it very difficult to do. And like Elton John, sorry seems to be the hardest word. (laughs) And Joseph modeled really how to see our human relationships work. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Husbands and wives. Mums and dads, children, this is so important when things go wrong and people do wrong that we are continuing in the teaching of Jesus at school with our friends because actually it's going to happen and it's going to happen regularly and we must learn the ways of Jesus to be free. And I was thinking about how Unforgiveness is like a block in, 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 um, in some people's lives. How some are really happy to accept forgiveness from God. They're not in this room. Not these kinds of people. But those kinds of people that aren't very happy to give it. Nobody's like that here. Uh, where you, you want God to forgive you. But you're not actually very good at forgiving others. 
And what happens to those kinds of people? Jesus sums it up in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. Let's just read what happens. If you, there's an if, forgive men, people, their trespasses, their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you yours. But if you do not forgive men their sins, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you yours. Okay. Do you not find that one of the most radical verses there is? Because we as Christians, and we will always talk about God forgiving us. But Jesus is actually saying your forgiveness is conditional. Not because God doesn't want to forgive you. Jesus has already done the work on the cross. It is finished. He died for your sins to forgive you. But there is a problem that goes on and continues in your life when you don't forgive those who who do harm to you. And I was thinking this is a bit like um, I've got in my house a stopcock, most houses do, where you turn the water off and it's in a cupboard somewhere and you have to reach into the back of that cupboard and you turn off the stopcock to the house. And when that is turned off, you can't get any water. You can turn on the tap, you can go for a shower, And you might even try the flush. But there is no flush because there is no ability for that water to come. And unforgiveness is like turning off the stopcock with God. Where no water's coming. You're dry, you're thirsty, things smell. I won't elaborate. And you start to smell, there's no showers. And unforgiveness will stop all the answered prayer, all the blessings of God's presence, every good thing that God wants to pour into your life. It's like turning off the source, which is why it is an emergency situation if you hold anything against anyone. We are in an emergency because your life will come to nothing in God with unforgiveness. Amen. Everybody said, yes, Lord, that's the truth that will set us free. And Jesus is warning us, isn't he, that we can't just be happy to receive forgiveness from God for what we do wrong. We must forgive others for their offenses and their hurts, what they've done to hurt us. Okay, now I hear as a pastor many stories that are greatly troubling about what people do to other people. Extreme scenarios where actually I have to sit there and forgive the person who's offended, who's done this harm, before I can minister because I can't take second-hand offense. 
I can't be offended on behalf of somebody else because of the damage that is done to it. Parents, you can't be offended. Anyway, I'll leave it there. And these awful scenarios, the same word of Jesus applies to, is such a, sometimes an issue for some people. Because they say to me, but what they did is wrong. And I have to come back with, I agree it was wrong. Because a wrong doesn't turn into a right. But every wrong can be forgiven. That's what we're talking about. And forgiveness isn't a feeling. Because you don't wait till you feel like forgiving. It's a choice to forgive when your husband turns his back on you and doesn't love you anymore. And they promised to do that. It is sadness when you face things at school and your friends laugh at you and they speak about you in a a critical way. But the only way you will be free is if you forgive them their sin. Not because you feel like it, but because you want to live free and keep receiving the water, turning the tap on and living in the blessing and the favor of God for your life. Amen. How do you want to say, I'm not going to stop the blessing flowing? Amen. I'm going to keep my taps fully open and not let unforgiveness and offense block every blessing that God wants to pour into my life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's what we say. Uh, but they, this is really not saying that what they've done is, is right. But you, as far as is possible with you, live at peace with all men, as far as is possible with you. Uh, do you know we serve and follow a radical Jesus? And to be a follower is radical. A disciple that continues in his word is radical. Um, Jesus taught about uh, a scenario in Matthew's gospel, chapter 18, about someone who owed millions and millions and how he couldn't pay the debt. So he went to the master, fell on his knees, have mercy on me, I can't do it. And the master freed him, cancelled the millions and millions and millions of debt. Then that man who had been forgiven the debt went to the man who owed, in comparison, a thousand pounds and said, unless you pay, you're going to suffer, I'll throw you in jail. The master heard what this freed man had done that he made someone else pay their debt when he'd been cleared millions. And the master, representing God, the heavenly father, said, I'm reinstating your debt. It's back in your account. The millions and millions you owe and can never pay 
It's all back down to you. And I'm going to throw you in prison and hand you over to tormentors. Now, look, to be honest, let me tell you the truth. The truth is the truth. If you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. All the millions you owed is back in your account. And the devil will have a heyday with your life. And you'll have no power over him. He will wreck you emotionally, mentally. He'll wreck your health. He'll wreck your relationships. Everything will be wrecked by the devil. And I find that quite radical. That God would hand little old me to prison with the devil in the same room. I don't want that. Has anybody ever read scripture and thought, I really don't want that? (laughs) Jesus is hitting a root here that in our generation means nothing in terms of our world. Because If you're right to be angry, you stay angry. If someone has hurt you, you hurt them back, boy. But Jesus' way is, I've forgiven you millions in comparison to what people will do to you. And I'm calling you to think in the light of what will happen to you if you don't forgive. So we can all say, Lord, we're going to keep that tap open and we're not going to end up in prison with Satan. How many of you don't want that? I I really don't want that. If you want that, well, God bless you. (laughs) But he'll find it very difficult to get blessing to you and he wants to. He wants to get blessing to you. But it is his word that he won't until you forgive those closest to you often stab you in the back or disappoint you. They're the worst offenders often. But Jesus says forgive. Now Ephesians 4.32 says, wonderful this is, be kind. Isn't kindness a wonderful thing to receive? It's lovely. You could be super to work with if you're kind. Absolutely wonderful to be around if you're kind. Be kind to one another. Speaking about church now. Turn around and say, yeah, I want to be kind to you. I want to be kind. <laughs> tender hearted. <laughs> Isn't this wonderful? T- tender hearted. Tender hearted. It, it means that actually you haven't got a hard heart. It's soft, it's kind, tender-hearted, because you'll need to forgiving. It's, it's interesting, this is an ongoing word, forgive, not past tense, forgiving. <laughs> How do you love that? It's a continuing in. I need to continue in this forgiveness thing. With you. And you with me. 
If I've offended, forgive. If you want the stopcock, open it on your life. Forgive, even as God in Christ forgave you. Just as God in Christ, how did he do that? He said, you were guilty, you aren't guilty. Didn't he? You were guilty, you're not guilty. Oh my goodness, I could have a party on that. Because Jesus died for your sin, for your guilt. So you can be completely forgiven by God. So just as God forgave us, the guilty go free. Wonderful. Wonderful. And 1 John 1, 9, we looked at it earlier. We say, sorry, God, when we've done wrong. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all, how much? How much? All sin. My favorite time to walk on a beach is early morning when the tide's been in and gone out again. And it's like nobody ever walks on it. it. You get a clean start with the tide, don't you? All the sandcastles and all the footprints and all the games and everything, they get washed away. And what comes back is this beautiful shore that's a brand new start. The blood of Jesus gives you a brand new start. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And the tide comes in and out twice a day. Some of us need the tide a lot quicker, a lot more than that. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Clean start, new day. Wonderful. I'm right with God. It's wonderful. Just by saying sorry for that. Better still, Hebrews 10, 17, we're going to look at this. I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. I have no memory of it. There was a priest who, I heard this story, he, um, when he was in Bible college, he committed a sin he felt guilty all the years of his life for. And while God used him to bless many people throughout his life, he still held in his memory bank this guilt and shame for what he did when he was in Bible college. And there was this woman who showed up in his church who said she could hear God. And she was right because my sheep hear my voice and follow me. But he was a bit skeptical of this woman. And he said, okay, well, if you hear God, I love this story, you go ask him and ask him what sin I committed when I was in Bible college. It's wonderful. So she went and and asked God what was the sin he committed and came back to the man. And the priest said, did you ask him? She said, I asked. What did he say? Tell him I don't remember. Tell him I don't remember. Tell my people I don't remember. How about telling each other? 
as Christ forgave us. Human level. How many of you want the best relationships you could ever have? This is the way. Tell them you don't remember when they say sorry. I have no remembrance. Oh my goodness, we've met the people who've got a list. A list. How many of you know the people that carry lists of all that you did? And when something you do is wrong, the list comes right out their back pocket. Even if they haven't got a pocket, they find it. And they bring out this list and they go through the list, back down the list. It was this and this and this. And then when we were first married or when we first had kids or when we were first friends, you did this, you did this, and now you're doing this. Just as Christ forgave us, tides in, tides out. Come on, let's see a move of God through our lives and the church. And it won't happen if there's unforgiveness blocking the flow of God into your life. Wonderful. I love that. And I love the reaction, don't you, of the Father when the son came back and said, I'm sorry, Lord. Always good to come back and say sorry. I mean, it's better to repent than just say sorry. Repent means I'm going to change my ways. Because if the boy went back to the pig pen and to wasting, he'd have ended up nowhere again. But coming back and saying sorry, don't you just love the reaction of the father? What was his reaction? It was joy. He ran to reconcile with his son. Threw his arms round his neck. Hugged him and gave everything back to him. That tap was full on open. You could shower, flush. You could drink. You could experience every good blessing in Christ Jesus. The flow is on again. If we confess our sins, if we forgive one another as he forgives us our sin. People will offend us. Uh, it'll be deliberate sometimes and it will be accidental. They won't even know they have. The trouble is with an offended person who carries a spirit of offense, every little thing bothers them. You can know you've got problems if everything bothers you about what people do. Just thought I'd say that. And if you're always critical, you're always correcting, you're always finding fault... It means there's something wrong on the inside of your heart. Judging others. Jesus says, don't judge unless you also be judged. So it can be an accident or it can be deliberately, they say things, do things that hurt you and have hurt you. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with a story. 
um, from quite a few years ago, but it, it was so real to me when I was working through this because I think it would help you to see my reactions and how the Lord had to change me. Um, I got into a situation in a church where someone, a man in the church, started to level very personal attack against me. And it was very unfair, and um, <laughs> it hurt me. It, uh, it was quite public, so everybody assumed this person was right. And so it began to be um, not just him, but many people started to adopt this attitude about me, which was with all my heart. You know, when you've messed up, you've messed up and you need to say sorry, but with all my heart, I hadn't done anything. I think it was jealousy or just, I don't know, the devil got hold of, of that man's mind and he became someone who was out to get me. <laughs> he was out to get me. Anyway, I'm uh, in prayer. Talking to the Lord. Praise God, he did talk back. Because sometimes the block is so bad of unforgiveness, he never says anything. And he waits and waits and waits and waits, and you can't hear God, you can't feel God, you can't see a blessing until you forgive. But in this case, he, he spoke to me. And I'm, 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 I'm complaining prayer. Nobody in this room has ever done this. And I've talked to the Lord, and I started to complain. I said, Lord, do you not know, the one who sees it all, how unfair this is? Do you not know how this makes me feel? And all these people, because this man was influential, are adopting what he's saying. And it's just so not fair. It's unfair, their treatment of me. I'm innocent in this. Anyway, um, for a while he didn't talk to me, and I thought, well, I'll take matters in my own hands. And I'll go and have a chat. But my chat was an angry chat. So when I was going to go and talk to them, I, I blurted out in anger. I said, you... I, I basically did wrong. They did wrong to me. I did wrong to them. In my reaction. Justifiable, the enemy will say. The enemy whispers, so you should. And he puts coals on the fire. <laughs> oh, they were wrong. You need, you need to retaliate, hit back. Anyway, I marched off, a little redder, worse off. And, in, and the next day I was praying and the Lord said to me, now I've written this down because it's so important but what he said. You will have an obstacle with me until you apologize to him. And I said back to the Lord, but don't you know they started it? Yeah. 
You're asking me to go first? I think he's asking all of us to go first. Hearing the Lord say, I'm asking you to go first in this generation. In your marriage, go first. I'm asking you to go first. I said, but they started it. He said, I'm talking to you. They aren't your problem. You are. You're the problem. So whilst I'm telling him that they're the problem, the Lord said, no, you're the problem. Innocent, except for the anger. And I realized, didn't Jesus do far more than say sorry, forgive us our sins, say words? He died to forgive us. I think I could go and say sorry. Uh, So, they aren't your problem, you are. And you won't have peace or blessing. The tap will be off until you get it turned on again by saying sorry. So I went to this man. And this, I hope, will make you laugh. Okay, so I'm walking towards him. And I can feel the breaking of all my pride and self-righteousness. I felt like, oh, every step is a painful step. I'm thinking, well, Lord, Lord, you told me to go first. Here I go. And I stand in front of him and he looked at me. And I said, look, I, I wanted to say sorry. I uh, should never have said what I said. I reacted wrong. And he calmly said, hmm, I forgive you. And I stood like Oliver, waiting for more. (laughs) There was no more. I'm like... Anybody ever... You stand like Oliver? Please, sir, can I have some more? No acknowledgement? Of what they'd done. No apology. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Like, it was a vacuum. It was silence. Oh. Okay. I walked away. I said, Lord, I could be offended by that. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how you've gone to put it right? And then you leave and you could be offended. Anybody, anybody ever experienced this? Okay, so I could, I could, I could feel it coming up again. This, I can feel it, that mountain, that, I can feel it coming up. Cause I am, I, you know, I, I will tell you if there's something wrong. I'm not the kind of person that will retire. Anyway, I'm walking away like this, and the Lord said, stay free. Oh, yes. 
He said, you're free, stay free. You're free, stay free. Leave them to me. Best advice in the world is leave them to me. But you, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, you have a problem. Even if they were wrong, even if they brought other people into agreeing with them about what you did that you didn't do, or how you look, or they criticize you, or someone else got your promotion, or your boss is always hammering you for no reason at all. Jesus says, as I forgave you, every day, clean slate, tide has come in and out, so you forgive them. Isn't it powerful? Isn't it powerful? And we are going to see such a move of salvations and God use you. Your destiny is at stake on this issue of forgiveness. Your destiny, your future, our young people's destiny and calling is at stake on this one issue. Because we live in a world of hate of social media that would rather destroy than offer grace. Do you know, I was so, 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 so sad about a man who apparently has done wrong. He's a TV personality. That it was like the sharks smell blood and the media try to take him out and destroy him. And on the same morning we were talking, we'd all been praying that God would save his life and show him mercy. And this is the problem with our media in today's world. Don't let it shape the way you live. Let the teaching of our radical Jesus, who we follow, Show you how to live in freedom and to live healthy and to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will be someone God can use and set up a divine setup year because you will be able to release the blessing of God on many. Wonderful, isn't it? And that's why this morning I believe. There are many here listening and maybe even online that need to just come back to continuing in this message of forgiveness. Maybe in your mind you've thought about, actually, I do need to forgive someone. I do need to stop resenting the fact that they don't ask me forgiveness, so I'm holding it back. Hello? Maybe it's in a marriage Come on, clean slate time. Come on, let's, let's clear every offense out of the church. This morning, today. And let's forgive in our history, in our recent history, in our church relationships. Oh, please, Lord, may there be a move of God here because we're a forgiving, gracious, kind people. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus.
We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.